0: This is Lindsay, Nurse Practitioner at Texas A&M Student Health. This is Clinical Pearls. Well, yep. It's true, air embolism has been reported, though rare, after orogenital intercourse for a female recipient, especially during pregnancy, and it should be considered in the differential for any patient who experiences dyspnea or loss of consciousness after orogenital contact, especially when pregnant and in the third trimester. Let's review this next. Recently, I received a phone call from an ER from a remote location concerning a pregnant female in the third trimester who had received orogenital sex and had loss of consciousness immediately thereafter. Now, she came through spontaneously without any deficit, and her workup in this case was benign, with a likely diagnosis being a vasovagal reaction. However, one of the first things that we had to consider was air embolism because of the orogenital contact. Is this a thing? Well, it is and it usually is restricted or most common to the third trimester of pregnancy. Let's check this out now. Most of us find it easy to understand and comprehend how air embolism can occur with divers or with penetrating chest wall injury. But air embolism has also been reported in pregnant female recipients from orogenital contact. Now, air embolism from orogenital sex is uncommon, but it can be life-threatening. One of the causes of this issue is vaginal air insufflation. Now, yeah, let's hold on there for a minute, because whoever thought that blowing air under pressure into the vagina to distend it could be pleasurable? And I'm not sure it is, but that's for another topic. But there's actually data on this. The vagina of a pregnant woman is known to be highly distensible, and it's actually published that it can accommodate more than one liter of air. And if you're thinking, well, whoever signed up for that study, and why would you do that? Well, I have absolutely no idea to either one of those questions. But the air in the vagina can then separate or cause small breaks in the chorioamniotic attachment and enter through the uterine wall and pass into the mother's venous circulation via the subplacental sinuses. This air embolus then follows the inferior vena cava to the mother's right heart and it can therefore cause mechanical obstruction of the right ventricular outflow tract. This leads to cardiac arrhythmia and pulmonary embolic-like scenarios. This can cause cardiorespiratory arrest. Now, if the air progresses further, it can actually proceed to the CNS and have Fatal Consequences. Furthermore, because of the inflammatory process that this can occur, this can lead to consumption coagulopathy like an amniotic fluid embolism. Appropriate and prompt therapy for suspected air embolism in pregnancy is necessary to avoid maternal and intrauterine fetal demise. Giovanni Sisti et al. out of Italy, published the most recent review on this subject of air embolism after oral genital sex in pregnant female recipients. They found 16 articles on this subject two of which contained a review of the literature, and one contained multiple case reports. According to this review, the average age of women was 20 years and only one was older than 30. So, that's a clinical pearl. This may be more common or a more typical phenomenon in younger pregnant women, and we'll get to that in a minute. Average and median gestation was about 29 weeks. The setting of each incident was actually similar in all cases. That was oral genital contact with an episode where the partner blew air into the vagina for a few seconds to a few minutes during oral genital sex with the idea that it would be pleasurable for the woman. Okay, when we come back, let's take a look at the data and the outcomes because it actually is pretty tragic and eye-opening. According to the data, the typical presentation can vary from neurological coma and dizziness to epilepsy and loss of consciousness. In a review of 16 cases, here's the tragic part. 4 women survived and 12 died. The autopsies in the majority of the dead women did find air bubbles in the right heart and pulmonary tissue. In the most serious cases, they were even found in the subcutaneous tissue and that was not able to be explained. In the majority of the cases, these women were told by their physician not to have vaginal penile intercourse with no restriction, of course, for oral genital contact. However, we take for granted that or assume that air insufflation will not occur. So that's a clinical pearl. In patients that are restricted from having vaginal penile intercourse and are otherwise allowed to have oral genital sex, it's important to tell these women, who, according to the data, tend to be at a median age of around 20, so they're typically younger, not to have vaginal insufflation. Another clinical pearl from the data was that having vaginal penile sex first and then oral genital contact may potentially increase the risk of this occurrence because there may be microvascular tears or mucosal tears in the vagina from penile insertion and then when that's followed by air insufflation, it can increase the relative risk of air embolism occurring. Alright, as we get to the end of this very strange podcast topic, we have to remember that although oral genital contact with vaginal insufflation is the most likely culprit in the majority of the times, it actually has also been described in cases of vaginal douching with a bulb syringe during pregnancy. Again, two not recommended procedures. The data also suggests that the third trimester of pregnancy is the most vulnerable for its occurrence. Now, regardless of its etiology, treatment of air embolism during pregnancy, although not classically defined, should follow the exact same routes of care of prompt intervention similar to amniotic fluid embolism. A quick final word about hyperbaric chamber treatment. It has been published in pregnancy. However, there's only been three case reports on this topic. These three cases reported hyperbaric chamber treatment as a specific and highly effective treatment for air embolism of any etiology. However, its effectiveness does depend on the time between the incident and the treatment. The shorter the time, the better the results. All right, guys, so here's our last clinical pearl, air embolism, though rare, should be considered in the differential diagnosis of any pregnant women who suffers from dyspnea, abdominal or chest pain, or even loss of consciousness after receiving orogenital sex. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.